Welcome to this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Professor Burgess and Bussy are here. And Bubba, today uh, we're, we're going to talk to you know somebody we have quite a history with and, uh, and is very well known. Uh, you know him from the SEC Network, ESPN, and, of course, the Paul Feinbaum Show. He's kind of moved on. We did not. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We, he's actually right. done really well. We're right. still stuck where we were when he left us. Uh, welcome to Rick and Bubba University, Paul Feinbaum. Paul, Paul. How are you? Hey guys, I want to apologize for my clothing. Uh, I've, I've got a part-time job now uh, at Joseph A. Bank, so I, I just got. Uh, this is my lunch break. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. However, we can get you, Paul. <laughs> Things have not been good lately. Hey, great to be on, guys. Yeah, it, you know it's interesting when uh, you know, and, and I heard Max talking a minute ago. Undoubtedly, he thinks people's jobs that are tied to sports are not essential, uh, but to pay your bills, they can kind of be. But uh, you, uh, you guys right now have been going through a period of time of being a sports network with very little, if any, sports. Uh, so w- what has that been like? I remember the days, you know, when you were just doing sports radio where you did it in the Deep South when football season was over. Then we started having more of a, you know, well, let's find something else to talk about. But uh, being on the SEC network, on the ESPN, uh, there's been, there's, it's been a bit of a famine, has it, on sports. Uh, in all candor, it's, I, I've never been through anything quite like it. Um, and you, know, you guys understand that a little bit, uh, talking about things uh, and occasionally getting to sports. But really from early March until uh, maybe today, there was at least this drumbeat to the college football season. Everyone was on board. But but now uh, and you're referring to Max Kellerman. I just did first take with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and and. While you guys were setting this interview up, Max Kellerman declared that the world was coming to an end. So we will uh, uh, we will not be here tomorrow. Uh, and if you hear this podcast, that means you found it 150 years from now. <laughs> yeah, Max is uh, not overly positive. Uh, I was, uh, and the fact he'd moved to Switzerland, I had no idea. <laughs> Uh, Max dreams of us having the, you know, I guess he wants us to leave the Constitutional Republic and go to something a little more socialistic. But I'm going to kind of stand in the way of that. I kind of like, okay. the, I kind of like the access to liberty and and how we've been able to maximize all three of our potential through access to maximum maximum liberty. So I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, no, I, I can't tell you, um, and I, I won't say anything about anything because uh, people do pay attention to what yeah. is said. But no doubt. it's great to be back on uh, in Alabama. And, uh, and and around around the South, uh, I, even though I still live in the South, I, I miss the, the Deep South. Yeah, let, let's face it, Charlotte is is South, but it, it's it's not Birmingham. Well, Paul, you're no. spending a lot of time though in in New York, and uh, oh, yeah. I mean ESPN is using you, and I know recently you were in the headlines because you were uh, uh, coming off of uh, the ESPN Game Day, if you will, and uh, but it's really because you were so busy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not complaining. Um, you know, for about six months of the year, I, I, w- I was gone five nights a week. Mm. Uh, three of those nights, how about this, guys? Three of those nights in New York, one in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, uh, and then one in an SEC city. So it, it became a little bit overwhelming. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know I'm, th- I'm no longer complaining about being gone five nights a week since I have not left my basement since March 11th. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, a, a nice mix might be nice. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I found myself in a weird position too, Paul, because, you know, we'll talk about our past you had with the show when I, I wanted so badly to report you'd been fired but only ended up defending you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, – I mean, I, one, one day I will get fired, and uh, and, uh, it, will, and it, will probably, it will probably be very soon once the 
podcast of, of this uh, interview makes its way to the ESPN headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess the question's about ESPN shakeup and management. We need to push that to the yeah, end of the you, podcast. Yeah, you want to push that yeah, at the you end? Know, I, I, uh, I texted Bubba the other day saying, you know, I, I, I was once your sports guy on Monday morning, and uh, I could be available again very soon. <laughs> well, we're excited about unpacking the interview today. We, we, Paul Feinbaum is our guest on Rick and Bubba University. Hey, I do want you to know that uh, that Gabby and uh, we're getting a lot of people that keep contacting us that are going to to gabby.com slash Rick Bubba. And it's one thing for us to talk about, well, we think you can save money, but what about Bubba when you start getting all these emails from folks that had listened to this podcast or watch it, and they're like, you know what, I, it, they did save me, 50, I, I was $1,500 a year too much on my car insurance and on my auto insurance. And that stuff adds up. It really does. And somebody, somebody said, hey, I'm saving now $150, $200 a month. Well, here's how it works. And how about this? It doesn't cost you anything to use it. You just simply go to gabi.com slash Bubba. So use that URL. It takes about two minutes. They're going to want some information about your auto and, and your home insurance. And then they're going to show you 40 other insurance companies that can give you the same coverage on your home and or car, Progressive, Nationwide, Travelers, Farmers, uh, State Farm. They're all there. And then you look and see if you're paying too much for the exact same coverage. If you're paying too much, you move to the better option. If you're, you know, If you have the best rate, then you know your current insurance is uh, exactly what you should be paying. You have uh, you have a lot of money to save here, or you can get the reassurance that you're okay. So do it right now. It takes about two minutes. gabi.com slash Rick Bubba. No cost to you. They don't sell your information to anybody, so you won't have any issues with that. gabby.com slash Rick Bubba, and let them show you what other options are available for the same coverage, and it may save you some money. Paul, uh, we were reminiscing about uh, the first time we heard you on the air. And I think growing up was the first time was when you were on with uh, radio legends Mark and Brian. And that was the first time I ever heard you on. And you had a great relationship with them. And uh, then we were, as you mentioned, very fortunate enough to get to work with you uh, later on at a couple of different companies. You know, it's funny, guys. Uh, Yeah, I did start with Mark and Brian. And, uh, you know, for a very brief period of time, I mean, they were – they were about as big as Birmingham radio ever got. And then uh, PC and Johnette came. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was amazing, guys. Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I, 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 people kept trying to tell me who you were. Uh, and I finally put on your show and I told, uh, I told a friend of mine, it was my, Michael Tomber once said, these are, these guys are going to be the biggest guys of all time. I said, these are the two of the biggest hit. I mean, these are two, two yokels in Gadsden, Alabama. They're never going to make it. And, uh, he kept trying to convince me of that, and he, I don't remember the first time. I think you guys may have called into to, to my show. You guys, I, I'm not sure I remember. Do you, Bubba? No, I, I don't, Paul. I remember when you and uh, Bob Lockme, another broadcasting legend, uh, right. were, were doing your show after that, but it, it was sometime in there we started having some interactions. Yeah, you know, one time we got together at a, you know, the, they do the, the pro-am for the, uh, right. for the, the golf tournament that comes through, and you got out there on the porch there where we were live on the air and we got to cutting up. And, and then one time when you started coming on as a regular, I remember we tried right. that. And then there was the, the clash of the various companies, you know, Paul can't be oh, yeah. on with y'all and y'all can't be on with him. <laughs> and of course we just took that you and us as just a dare to be together more. <laughs> I, uh, Hey guys, I will tell you a quick story. I just thought of it. Um, maybe because of this Netflix thing that was just on, but uh, one, one year, it was a late nineties. I, I don't think you had made the move to uh, Birmingham yet. 
Um, and I was, uh, our biggest sponsor was Health South and Richard Scrushy. And I, uh, Scrushy and I were playing golf and we saw you from a distance. And I told Scrushy, I said, these guys, you need to get to know these guys. Because Scrushy always liked to, uh, you know, integrate himself with, you know, the, the people that mattered. And, and he said, now, who are these guys again? And I tried to explain who you were. And he said, they're in Gadsden, Alabama, and I need to meet them. Um, and, uh, the seaplane wouldn't and, even land up there, would it? No. And, and uh, you know, again, uh, three years later, you guys were number one in the country, had your own show on, on Turner, and, and, and he was wearing an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> well, well, Paul, I do remember. Those are I, the facts. I, Paul, I think, I think uh, that the companies that we had worked for, one had bought the other or whatever, and right, you exactly. were going to be very gracious to have us on your show one afternoon. Oh, I remember this. Do you remember and, this? Uh, this is and, a classic. And, and we got in there having a great time, really too much fun. Right. And you had to do uh, – you were doing a live cut-in for the local TV station doing right, sports. right. And uh, we were all just really goofing around, and Rick and I walked into your scene shirtless and kissed you on top of the head. Now, that's back when guys could take their shirt off, kiss another man, and it all being good fun. That's right. And, uh, boy, our boss went nuts, didn't he? Gosh, I remember that one. Yeah, he well, he was you know he didn't have a great sense of humor. I mean, he was a you know, legendary uh, radio figure, but uh, you know humor was not his forte. But you know, I mean, I, I don't need to explain. I mean, I've been gone from Birmingham a couple of years, um, but the early days of Rick and Bubba were some of the most magical moments. I mean, I still remember the uh, uh, the night the uh, the hamburger place opened, and there was a there was a there was a, a backup on. Uh, on the interstate for 25 miles because people were calling us. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I know you guys are still, uh, are, are still number one in the top of the game, but I mean, the, the early days of, of this interval, I mean, I was just proud to finally, I went from acting like I didn't know you to telling anyone who would listen, Hey, uh, I'm friends with Rick and Bubba. <laughs> it was, it, it, you know, cause it can go either way. You know, it really can't. You had to watch your timeline on that. And, and Paul, I don't I mean, know yeah, if, you know, if we, it's amazing. I don't know if we ever, ever even told you this story. We may have, but you had agreed to be on our tailgate show before an Auburn Alabama football I game did. that was at Legion Field, yeah. and we right. we had put together a big stage and we had a lot of guests coming in. Of course, you were the the main star that was coming to to be a guest, <laughs> and and this is when we were still in Gadsden. Yeah. Yeah. So you came on. We had a huge mob out there. We're throwing T-shirts. We're having a big time. Big PA system is a huge success. And shortly after that, we went to another company in Birmingham when our contract was up. And we heard that general manager talking about he went around Legion Field where he had all his stations set up. He said nobody was there. The DJs were standing there, you know, with their, their head in their hands because nothing was going on. He hears all this noise, and he comes around the corner, and there's this giant stage, this giant sound system, and it's Rick and Bubba and Paul Feinbaum, and y'all are having a party. And that's when he said, i got to get these guys. That's right. You, you, you got us hired. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, I don't think I've ever told you this, um, and, you know, this would really be fun to do this regularly again. Yeah, um, but he, uh, you guys left the station I was at. Um, and it was, it was a devastating blow and, and, you know, it was reported in the local, uh, newspaper, the Birmingham news that you were making whatever you were making. I can't remember. Um, and my contract was coming up and we had a, a, a GM, I think his name was, uh, Masano and he really didn't even like me. Um, but he did, he, did, he was determined to pay me it, something in the range of what you were making just to, just to, to save face. And, and then he, and then somebody leaked it to the newspaper 
And uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I got it was I got the greatest deal of my life thanks to you guys leaving. Of course, he got fired about a week later. Um, <laughs> but the but deal it, was it, done. I mean, but yeah, the deal was done, and uh, it was just classic. Um, the 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 impact that you had on, and and, and then it happened again. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've lost track. I, I really don't even know where you work anymore. Um, but uh, you, you, then you made another move, and I and I and I was just sitting around. And the company I was working for then was trying to hire you and when they didn't get it they were stuck with me again <laughs> you know really well, i think we were flip-flopping paul because we i think your we contracts were. were up and then ours yeah. and it was going back and forth and we were actually pulling each other up the ladder here's the beauty of a podcast <laughs> you're getting behind the scenes right now what a lot of a lot of you do not know we have used <laughs> fine bomb to get better deals and he's used us to get better deals we just keep trading back and forth right up to this last one <laughs> you're right <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I tried. I tried it again, uh, negotiating with ESPN, and that time it finally it just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said Rick and who? Well, here's what happened this time. You you said at the beginning of this podcast, there's a timeline when you were proud to know Rick and Bubba, but the first timeline was to be ashamed of it. Now we've back to it with ESPN. I don't, you have to act like you don't even know who we are. I mean, it's almost going all the way back to the beginning now. Because can you imagine no, us? Uh, yeah, I, I do know because uh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is not uh, a tribute to you guys, but um, I mean, it, it's hard. And the, I think the hardest thing in, in this industry, uh, we both, uh, we've all been in it a long time, is, is to is to stay in it. Uh, yeah. Too many people just, you know, come and go, and yeah. uh, to maintain uh, the kind of dominance that, that you guys have is, I mean, I'm, 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 I am still in awe, and I say that uh, with with all the respect meant to you, you guys in the world. I mean, it's it's truly remarkable, and. And uh, I hope you'll uh, you'll you'll pay me for saying that. I well, will. Paul, look, yeah, we look, we look for that. we always tell people we don't have talent, and if we do, the one talent that I claim is I just keep showing up. Yeah, and there's a lot to that. <laughs> there's yeah. people been a lot better at what we do. They just couldn't get here yeah, every day. Yeah, I don't think people understand, and and the same goes to you. When you develop a brand, first of all, you got to figure out who right. who you are and what you do. And and you know, and I remember when you first started out leaving, you know, print and getting into radio. You know, it took you a little while to go, okay, so this is the radio version of me, and it's not the same as the newspaper version of me. And then you did the same transition to television. Now I'm coming out of radio, and I've got, I've got, I'm still the same guy, but what does this look like in, in a different format? And frankly, to Bubba's point, there's a lot of people that, A, never figure out who they are. They don't know what, they, right. they don't know their identity, and they're just kind of, they can't figure it out. So then they don't know how to market it. And then secondly to this, a lot of them are not willing to go through that time it takes to say, I'm here and I'm going to be dependable and I'm going to deliver this product to the people that are paying me and to the audience over and over and over again on a consistent basis. And the ones who have pulled that off are still working and the ones that couldn't aren't. No, uh, you're right. And, and, you know, I mean, I'll try not to sound like my father or grandfather, but I mean, showing up for work for most people is not easy. And, and, you know, there. You know, I mean, we all deal with different generations of, of people in this industry, and uh, I mean, there's something to be said for for being at work every day, and you you guys know that better than anyone I've ever seen. Well, Paul, we want to talk about the issue on everybody's mind yeah. uh, right after we have to take this uh, this profit center here. Yeah, you're you're, you're you've <laughs> got Rick and, Bu- Rick and Bubba University the podcast. Yeah. Right, Some ex- things have not changed. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about ExpressVPN. But but this is how, you know, if we don't have people who sponsor what we do, I got news for all of us, we have no job. Right. You might want to pass yeah. it on to Max Yeah, Kellerman. let Max hear that. Could you let Max hear that? <laughs> uh, but, but no, it, Max doesn't want to hear that. ExpressVPN. <laughs> now, have you heard about this? This is cool because it doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon 
or Comcast. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. Either one, it works. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your Internet connection through their secure servers so that your ISP can't see the sites you visit. Now, what does that mean? Uh, they're going to keep all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Now, most of the time, when you're using it, you don't even realize you have ExpressVPN. You don't even know it's on. It runs seamlessly in the background. It's very easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and then you're protected. It's available on all your devices, phones, computers, even smart TV, so there's no excuse for not using it. And what that means is now you have access to your favorite programming that might not be available in the country or where you live, but it will be available you know, for, to you now. So, so if you go now, protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. It's important that you're protected now, and nobody does it better uh, than ExpressVPN. So visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash rickbubba. You also can get an extra three months for free and uh, on any one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash rickbubba to learn more. Paul, we're about to face the biggest challenge that we have had of the COVID-19 pandemic and that is college football. Where are we today? Uh, we're not in a good place, Rick, in all sincerity. And, and I, uh, I think the next three weeks uh, are critical. And as much as administrators and commissioners want to see it happen, uh, what's happening, especially in the South uh, and around the country, is really going against it. So uh, I, would, uh, I, I would be pessimistic right now. Uh, and I hate to be that way. Paul, I thought the the Power Five conferences had already decided to move forward. Is is that uh, an illusion I'm having? Because I know the Ivy League has just said we're not going to to play sports. And how big of an influence will that be on the Power Five? Well, it yeah, you know, on one level it doesn't matter. I mean, because you know nobody at Alabama cares what somebody at Brown is doing. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it does have a trickle down effect, and and, and I think. That coupled with bad news, uh, with various schools shutting down temporarily, numbers uh, spiking, uh, has just made everybody very nervous. Um, and I, yeah, I still think the people that run college football think they'll get there somehow. They may not know how they're going to finish. Uh, some of that depends on other circumstances. But uh, I think the odds of starting Labor Day weekend are, are not good. And, and I think really uh, – Three weeks from now, uh, we will have a pretty good indicator. And if, the, if these numbers would turn around, I think it would make the people that run college athletics feel better. But right now, they're, they're on edge. Well, again, and then trying to figure out, I think it's been maddening for all of us uh, on what's reality, what's agenda-driven, what's political-driven. Look, we all know this. In an election year, everything's about the election. Uh, sure. Now, I'm not saying – I'm just saying that's just a fact. I'm not saying what's no, what's right, what's not right. And I think you have people who think it's being blown out of proportion. Then you have other people saying everybody's being reckless. And I'm just going to tell you, honestly, I don't know who's right. Uh, because when they say follow yeah. the science, the, the science seems to be according to which doctor you're talking to, what group you're talking to. Hey, but, Rick, follow the science. Follow the science. But I want to say this. The Ivy League, I understand to your point that you made, and I saw the point you made on ESPN, it doesn't matter your right to the people that are into big-time college football. It really matters if your kid plays for one of these teams or your family member's coach there. However, it is a different animal when you think of the money 
that's tied to the Big Five, uh, the SEC especially. It's loads and loads of money, unlike the Ivy League. So the decision for the Ivy League is much easier than for the Big Five because we've got tons of money tied to this. So how do you think that does that does that give us a different look? Uh, because there's a lot more going on here on the Big Five. Yeah, no, that, that's why the conversation will go very late in in the in the calendar. Because uh, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys. Uh, you go to college football games like I do, and every community depends on it. It's just it's not just the university per se. It's the T- Tuscaloosa, it's Auburn, it's Athens, Georgia. Uh, but the the reason the Ivy League matters uh, because you know the media, and this may not matter to, to where you are, Got you. but the media companies care about it. I mean, I work for uh, a company where uh, you know. Very few people are, are, are being allowed to go back into into the building to work. I know that may not be the case in Birmingham, but uh, that is still the case at, at a lot of New York uh, operated companies. So it's a, it's a, it, it matters, and you know as you saw on the first take show, there there is there, there's there's way too much politics into this decision. I mean, this decision should be made on whether it's practical or not. Uh, whether you can get a hundred players, uh, you know, with mo- with with a modicum not a modicum, but, but a, a great deal of safety. And I don't think they have the answer to that yet. And, and, and the biggest problem, though, is that you have all these fiefdoms and you, you really the SEC would rather not be the only one playing. <laughs> I think they may if, if they if they if they feel if they think they can play, they will. Uh, but but the commissioner of the SEC cares what the Big Ten and the, and the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 12 do. Paul, uh, obviously, if the season does not happen, the financial damage to eateries and uh, places around these schools is going to be uh, very dramatic. But what, what about the damage to the school themselves? I mean, is this just going to gut the athletic department that yeah. depends on these Football. tens of millions of dollars to come in to run the athletics? Absolutely. Um, and you know, you've already seen some of the effect without, without – the football season being determined, Bubba, uh, it, it is going to change intercollegiate athletics uh, if we don't have a season. And, you know, it's going to affect everyone. I mean, giving coaching, uh, giving coaches buyouts that you know, they'd go up to $25 million or, or in Gus Malzahn's case, what was that, $30 million? I mean, I don't think you're going to see that anymore because the finances are going to be dramatically different. I mean, I, you hate to get too far ahead of yourselves, but um, without college football, I, I don't think we'll recognize intercollegiate athletics in nine months. Yeah, and I don't think people truly understand that, uh, you know, and, and it, it is a bigger deal than it's just a sport. I certainly understand that sometimes sports are too important to us, but but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what you guys are discussing right now. There is yeah. uh, There's financial, mm-hmm. you know, uh, deficits. Real money. Real money <laughs> that, that, that affect people's life. You know, like I think it was uh, what Stephen was trying to tell Max, and you agreed, when you, it's not for you to decide who's essential and not essential. No. You remember, like he, he brought up the point of the woman who was put in jail for being, you know, running a salon. She said, to me, this income is essential. Right. And, sure. and, and, and so it's going to be essential for a lot of people. I don't know why we can't look at it like a flu season. And, and in many cases, COVID-19 is not as severe as the flu because not everybody who gets it struggles. Everybody who gets the flu struggles. Mm-hmm. But and I understand the numbers. I'm, I'm and and that it's a different deal. I understand all that. But we've dealt with flu. When you say my team has this many players on it, and it might be that we have so many we can't play this week. But does that mean you have to shut down the entire season 
all across the country. Um, maybe you just deal with with the teams and the places that that have to readjust, and, and maybe that gives you some hope. It's outdoors for football in most cases, so that's helpful, uh, you know. And, but but I, I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, I had a guy you know that's one of the affiliates on our network. He said, if our college team doesn't play, it'll devastate us for budgets. Right, uh, you know, exactly. So it, no, right. it just has a domino effect to, to so many people. You know why? And it, like you said about contracts, you know why coaches get those contracts? Because somebody's already factored in how much money they're supposed to make. Well, what if that money's not coming in? No, I mean, listen, I work for a sports network. We haven't had a lot of sports on. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I, you know, I used to work at, a, at a, an all-sports all station. I mean, just that's just one indicator. Uh, they depend on advertising just like you. But you, you guys are a little more uh, infiltrated from all this. But, you know, the, the devastation won't, won't just be at uh, the, the, the Alabama budget or the Auburn budget. I mean, it, it, will, it will take a lot of people out. Now. And that, that's why I think it's worth trying to do it. Um, uh, beyond that, I have no, you know, it's, that's just an opinion. But, you know, why, why give up today, uh, yeah, right. as Max Kellerman seemed to indicate? <laughs> no white flag yet. There'll be a day for that. Now, Paul, too, I mean, it's going to look different. I mean, uh, we're, we're going to have to have some kind of social spacing in the stands. So sure. people who've been buying tickets may end up in the upper deck. Are they going to give the money they used to give to get that ticket? So many factors. Um, and, you know, one of the strangest things, because the, the virus does appear to be uh, so contagious, we may be heading into a big week, the Alabama-LSU game, the Auburn-Georgia game, the you know Oklahoma-Texas game, and the entire offensive line be quarantined right. because they've come down. It's going to change the, the outcome of these games dramatically. Yeah, gamblers are going to be, uh, you know, having a blast. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, you're going. There will, there'll be. Assuming we get there, there will be a massive amount of upsets. Yeah, and and so some other items because I know we only have a, a few more minutes with you. Uh, the racial element of sports now. I mean, you've been right in the middle of this. I mean, now uh, sports is going to be impacted uh, on on every level because of you know we're now almost like we're going back in history. Uh, to the civil rights movement, it's like it's a modern-day civil rights movement. Again, it, it's got some different feels and looks to it. But, again, here's sports trying to respond uh, to, in most, especially in football and, and in the NBA, where you have sports that are dominated mainly, a uh, majority of African-American athletes who uh, have a lot of clout uh, that are demanding certain things. How do you think – how's that looking? I know you doing your job. you got to be afraid of – you know, am I going to be canceled because I have an opinion? I mean, sure. how, exactly. how's that affecting uh, how you're making a living? No, it's, uh, you know, if you go back to, you know, four months ago, really uh, this week, uh, when the pandemic began, uh, there, there are two, there, there, there's a second part of that. And, and that's the, the aftermath of George Floyd. And, 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 you know, and it's affected sports uh, in a tremendous way. And you're seeing athletes speak out that have never uh, been heard before, and and I think it puts coaches in in an, in an unfamiliar position. Uh, you know, if, if somebody starts, uh, you know, making a a, a big amount of noise uh, at Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, the, the coaches, even Nick Saban, is going to have to pay attention. And uh, you know that 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 is I mean, you guys you guys understand football uh, extremely well. And, and and Rick, I mean, you think about. Uh, you know, you, you, your dad's career oh. and, and suddenly, uh, you know, he's, 
he's sitting there listening to one of his players yeah. tell him what he wants to do. I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would have paid money to see that. Would you? Yeah. Well, you got to <laughs> say that's a guy that believe all the way up into the mid nineties would not let players have earrings. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> but Paul, it, it, it is a strange, it is a strange thing because uh, a lot of the consumers of the sport, uh, will tell you they go to sports to get away from politics. But yet sure, a lot sure. of the athletes are feeling more and more inclined uh, of their own decision or via pressure to, to make uh, social justice uh, a part of their platform and incorporate that into the game. And, uh, I mean, how does, that, how does that play out? Do you think there'll be pushback it, it, from know, the consumer of the I, sport? It's affecting everything. I mean, I, I get criticism every day. You know, I'm sick of hearing about politics on the show. And, and I, I agree. I, I never want to talk about politics. It, it's, it's a killer for, for, for someone like me um, because I try to stay away from it. But every conversation uh, has, a, has a tinge of, uh, of, of politics. And, and I, I finally just said, OK, people can say whatever they want right now. And until we get to the season, uh, you, you really can't fight it. And, and, and it's not really worth fighting. Well, you do find, to Bubba's point, you do find consumers uh, of a sport uh, willing to say, "I'll do, I'll tolerate just about anything if I can just get the game started." Yeah, exactly. uh, I mean that is true. I mean, you know, we go back and whether people want to admit this or not, one of the biggest tools to kind of put salve on some of the racial wounds in Alabama, and it's been well known in history, was football, uh, because uh, these former fans that at one time you know might have had. Uh, a bigoted or racist view on life suddenly became very, very happy about having African-American players that were winning championships. Uh, football may have been one of the biggest things that, uh, that helped Alabama to get over some of the racial humps. Even, I mean, it was. Even, I mean, even, exactly if in the right. begin, even if in the beginning maybe the point of view was still not very good, meaning you know, if, you'll, if you can play well on the football field, then you're okay. That, that's not exactly what we were looking for, but it did start a different conversation. I think uh, in the state of Alabama, college football has been the great unifier. Uh, color does not matter. And, and, and that's why, I mean, this is going to be a very, I'm not, uh, I'm not a philosopher, but this is going to be one of the most complicated issues I think all of us have ever dealt with. Because, I mean, I've just sat back and tried to listen. Uh, sometimes you, it's, it, you know, it's painful, but it's been, really been the only way to, to deal with all of this. Paul, I know you are going to be required on the ESPN set here, and just so we have just a few more minutes. I did want to ask you about the stories out there that a sitcom about you is in production. <laughs> is that true? Uh, uh, it, well, it's a long story. I'll try to make it quick. Um, <laughs> about two years ago, a, a producer called me. He'd heard me on a podcast with Tony Kornheiser. He said, you know, I think this would be a great idea for a sitcom. And it it, it percolated. I spent a couple of days in, in Hollywood last year meeting with studios. And when, when I, at the end of the meeting, uh, everyone loved the idea, but I, I was somewhat turned off uh, by, by the, by the plan. So we, we, we regrouped, we brought in a new production house, um, new producers, uh, new writers. And, and, and most recently, uh, a, an actor, uh, has said he would like to play the lead. It, it has not been, uh, I think some people think that, that the show is ready to roll. There's still uh, uh, it's, it's still got to be put together. You, you, you need to do a pilot. But I would say it's it's moving down the highway very quickly. Paul, you know, we've never really lobbied you for a favor. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. Like this. <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been, what, two or three months. But, right. You know, I'm really thinking that I could play the role of one Bob Lockamy or Jim uh, from Tuscaloosa. What do you think? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, the funny thing is, it, it, it's it's from. Uh, by the way, you got it. It, it is supposed. To, the, the early theme is it. It would be uh, play. The, it would be portrayed in Birmingham about twenty years ago. So right oh, wow. now, uh, if, if my memory is correct, you guys have just moved. Uh, you just moved up from Gadsden with uh, grocery bags and moving yep. all your clothes. And uh, I, I don't know why you can't play yourself. Well, if you can't get us, if they don't think we have the chops, you better hurry before Kevin James and Jack Black are no longer names. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> I think that could do it. Or, like I say, we could play ourselves, or I could be, uh, you know, call her the legend. Uh, but but it, it, it's uh, – uh, it, it should be a lot of fun, and and I know you've got to get back uh, and get ready for another hit. But uh, I hope this isn't the last time that we get to do something Guys, like this. Uh, yeah, it won't be because I uh, my my wife is uh, dead set on moving back to Birmingham. So if if she decides that, then I'll I'll be available for. Uh, I don't know who your sports guy is right now. Maybe you got Dunaway, me. Uh, I know you're, you go you've been through a bunch of them, but. I'll probably be available again in about a year. Well, the the the, the sports uh, person on Rick and Bubba is wide open right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and make I, a deal I, now, guys. Uh, before I go, I, I need to work. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm available. I want you to know that I you I know sometimes you forget you're on TV. Your facial expressions, I stare at it every time. Somebody is talking, and I want you to know that sometimes you are on camera. Uh, that, <laughs> And you know they, what? They we love say, it. Hey, you, we love it. I, my patience is, is – I do not have the patience for television <laughs> or the face. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for taking time. Uh, Paul, we're Guys. out of time to talk about ESPN management. That's dog gone. Dog I'm sorry. Gone. We just um, didn't have time. We, th- he's wrapping it next up. Next week. Next week. <laughs> uh, Paul Feinbaum, Bubba, and I'll come by and wrap up this edition, but thank you for being on this edition of Rick and Bubba University. So, Bubba, it was great visiting uh, with, with Paul Feinbaum on this edition of Rick and Bubba University. Uh, I don't think people understand when we talk about the past that we had with him, and we it, we had a lot of fun. We did, and we didn't have enough time because we wanted to relive some of that, but yet talk about these pressing issues that everybody wants to know about. So we'll, we'll have to have Paul back again, and according to him, he'll be available in about a year. Well, if you remember some of the fun things that, that we had uh, with, with Feinbaum, there were the times that he and I nearly went to blows out there on the porch. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Because uh, he used to love to taunt me about you know my dad being a coach. <laughs> And and the fact that basically everything that I had was because my daddy was was the coach, and uh, and we would get going on that. Even though, and, and this is the thing, because this is a beautiful thing about having this uh, podcast, is we can pull the curtain back. Right. Uh, number one, Paul Feinbaum holds my dad in very high regard. Yes. And and love to 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 pretend that he was in the crosshairs of Coach Burgess, who was coming to get him. Uh, and also, you know, there was there was always a little bit of professional wrestling to our relationship with Paul. Yes, always. Yeah, he uh, Paul is. Uh, I know sometimes he likes the persona that he's you know mean and evil and and all that, but he he really is a nice guy who does a fantastic job at what he does and has been wildly successful and looks a lot like James Taylor. Yes, he does, but, Rick. But he could pick up and play right now. Do you remember the time that we were trying to let everybody know that he didn't really live out the persona of this? mean guy that's, right. that he'll say anything to you and he'll cut you off at the knees. And we begin to talk about his love for animals. Right. And, right. and, and I think, didn't we start a bit one time that he had, he had actually breathed the air into the lungs of a weasel that was. Yeah. A weasel that had been hit on the interstate that he was giving it mouth to mouth resuscitation. <laughs> yeah. I think that was it, but it was a long time ago, Rick. I could be wrong. So anyway, so we've, <laughs> we've had a lot of fun, but, but in, in closing of this week, let, let me just ask you, cause I know we've talked about it on the big show some, and you just heard what Feinbaum says. 
I, I want to know what Bill Bubba Bussy says. Are we going to have college football? Rick, as much as we need it for our own sanity, and right. we do need it because the Doosan Bears can only carry you so far, okay? Right, right. Uh, and as much as college athletics need it and as much as the towns need it, I do not see whoever is in charge, whether it be the presidents, the commissioner, uh, the coaches, the ADs, whoever, committing to this unless they are sure that the athletes are going to be safe. And right now, today, they can't guarantee that. So, sadly, I'm stepping out here, I don't think we're going to have a football season. At it, least on the college level. Okay, as I was going to clarify that. What about what about the high school level? No way. I, they are high schools a, even going to get to meet? I think the first thing is, are they going to be in school? They will not play if they're not in school. Well, one of the things we're seeing is in this. And is, this is a shame for everybody involved. I'm, I hate to be the guy claiming you got to go to school today, but you know it's on a snow day. But that's kind of where we're at. Well, what you say, I want I want to clarify that because we have seen people saying that young people, middle school down. Right elementary, you know, uh, and, and kindergarten, they really are at almost zero risk. Right. And, and people think that the detrimental effects, like we've been talking about, of no school for children of that age is greater than what anything COVID-19 could do to them. But that's still young people. That's not high school. The problem right. is the teachers, the right. support people, the maintenance people, the lunchroom people, the coaches do not fall under that. And in this Sue crazy, libel, uh, slanderous world where uh, lawyers make a living on these giant settlements, uh, no one, I don't think, is going to roll the dice unless they have a solid case that they can keep everybody safe. So I, I don't know if you, you won't have high school sports if you don't have school. Uh, I don't think college is going to happen. And the NFL uh, has a little better shot, I think, because they have backup players that can fill those roles if the whole offensive line is quarantined for two weeks. But it's going to be a strange world. I don't think you're going to see stadiums full. I think it's going to look a lot different. And COVID-19 is going to haunt us for the rest of 2020 and possibly part of 2021. Well, and we do. And have, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the Grinch announcing that, but well, that's just what well, I think and right I think, now today. I think you're right on a couple of levels, and 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 I don't disagree with you. Wish I wish I could be the guy yeah, that says I wish you could disagree you with me, me and prove me wrong. You want me to be counterpoint guy? <laughs> yeah. But we have the election in November. Now I, I'm telling you, and I know people think I'm exaggerating. I'm not. This would look different if the election was not coming up in November, in my opinion. It would still be there, but it would be presented in a different way. Now, the science may not change, but the spin the media is going to put on it will be dramatically different, and you will feel different about it just because you're not bombarded every day with this information the same way. I think we would go from glass half empty to glass half full. Still be at the same point. Still be half. Right. I agree. And and I think that's going to hurt football because they're going to have all these scary headlines, all the scary commentary that is really aimed at the election, and they'll be innocent victims of it. Right. Because, again, and there's there's certainly, because uh, this is the other point I was going to make, there certainly is uh, stereotypes. But for the most part, if you go look at our country, and it's not, there's there's varying opinions with all ethnicities. Right. And, and, I, and sometimes we act like that's not the case. But the majority, you would say, if you just look at the numbers of people who vote Democrat, the majority in, in the African-American community, support Democrat candidates. Not not all, but, right. but the majority. 
Well, Historically. The, with yeah. the majority of sports, the majority of sports, mm-hmm. uh, the players, majority are African American, okay, especially in football. Mm-hmm. And, and you can also say the same thing about basketball. Well, we know that you can have all the fans in the world say, I'm willing to take the risk to come to a game. Right. But that doesn't mean the athletes will. Right. And so if the athletes feel like that they're going to be put, and you already see this, this is already happening on the professional level. Well, now we're being put in a dangerous situation unnecessarily, and we feel like we're not being treated with the care we should, and now we feel kind of almost being pressured to play right. when we feel like we could get sick. If that starts – it's over. Well, think about you know, this. I mean, the, but, but, the mentality of the high school and the college player is 180 degrees different than the pro player. Right. A, a pro player is thinking, if I don't play this year, I extend my career. For a high school and college player, if I don't play this year, I lose a right. year. So there's a big difference, I think, on the mentality of the athletes because you're trying to get to that level where you're paid or you're trying to get to that, you know, division one school to yeah. showcase what you can do. But so if it gets- I, I do, I do think this, I think the sec will be the absolute last conference no to, doubt. to wave the white flag. No and if there's any way possible, they will get players in some form or fashion on the field. Yeah. But if a political agenda starts that a certain administration or president that you don't like, it, it, it's, it's those type people that are trying to make you play because they just want to have a game, but they're going to put you in unnecessary danger, you got real problems. Yeah, and, and it, historically, uh, and we've talked about this on the show, the Spanish flu, from what I was reading, I wasn't around in 1900 whenever it was no, that it happened. Even though our hair looks that way. It, right. It, uh, it, it ran through a spring, fall, and another spring. So we may not have seen the last season to be canceled by COVID-19. Unfortunately true, because when you get down to it, uh, everybody can say I'm all in all they want to, but until people think that they don't have a liability risk, right. and that's the people who are going to be making the decisions. Yes. If, if they feel like they're going to be put in a liability position, they're not going to go anywhere near it. And uh, Now, that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. And mentally, I think we need it in this country. We definitely do. I, I personally would be under the nobody has to play that doesn't want to play. And nobody has to go to the game that doesn't want to go to the game. Right. But everybody who's willing to participate and come to the games, the games are on and the season is on. And if you're somebody you think you're at high risk of uh, having something detrimental from COVID-19, you shelter yourself. Like I heard someone make the the point many times, a quarantine is when sick people are taken away from society, not when healthy people are taken away. That's, and, that's not a quarantine. And we've talked about the mental health aspect of this for years. I've often joked that the Middle East needed a good softball league to help be a, uh, a release for them. And I think in, in our country, you can say, too, that, you know, rivalries and our hate of rivals, you know, quote, unquote, yeah, for fun. Uh, is, is something that lets steam off. And when you don't have that, you see how it can build up, even on very serious issues. Well, if you look at our society right now, we need a little steam taken off. We need a steam release. In a positive Amen. So thanks to Paul Feinbaum, and thanks uh, to all of you for joining us for this week's edition of Rick and Bubba University.